Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven, WNHHFM New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. And I do mean headlines today. This is one of our editions of Headlines and Baselines, where we tell you, we, we read out some of the headlines in town these days, speak about them briefly, and intersperse it with music. So today we are not broadcasting from an undisclosed location in Belarus. We are actually here in New Haven, Connecticut at WNHHFM talking about stories on the ground in, in New Haven, but then bringing you on a journey, going wide to other realms and music that really lifts you up. And that's the theme of the music today. In the background, we got Eliyahu Hanavi from the Afro Smig Experience. Well, the, one of the big headlines this week in New Haven and in Connecticut is that Lowell Weicker died yesterday at the age of 92. He was our governor at a, at a turning point in our state. He was a U.S. Senator in the 70s, and he had a very interesting career that does resonate today. He was a Republican Senator, and he made his bones. He got really known for being a, on the Watergate Committee, Senate Watergate Committee, and coming out against Richard Nixon and saying this isn't what we stand for at the Watergate hearings and really started the stampede from within President Nixon's own party that led to his leaving office rather than being impeached for crimes involved with with the Watergate break-in and cover-up. And he continued having that maverick career. That's a, a phrase that, a title that Weicker embraced. He had his, his autobiography was called Maverick. And when he became Connecticut's governor, he ran on a third-party ticket because by the time he ran, the, gov- the Republican Party was changing. Weicker was from an era in which the Republican Party, especially in Connecticut, but to some extent nationally, represented elites. He was the son of a squib pharmaceutical founder or director. And he was born into wealth in Lower Fairfield County, and he was very liberal on social issues, on the environment, on civil rights, and he was fiscally conservative. And he, his base was more elites and business and corporations and people who were for good government, as they called it, and it was not populist. Now, the, the parties have made a real change since then, and he was seen as that when he was dumped, rejected by his own party. He lost the Senate seat because conservative Republicans actually backed a Democrat, Joe Lieberman, in 1988 to unseat him. So when Weicker came back and won the governorship in Connecticut in 1990, he did it on his own party called A Connecticut Party. And it was really the liberals and the moderates who always felt they owed him for Nixon, always appreciated the way he stood up, and also liked the idea that he was a Republican who people who supported civil rights, people who supported good government, people who supported the environment could still support so he had an instant career now the reason i say it resonates today is because we have a governor named ned lamont who also is an heir to a fortune born in lower fairfield county who also is fiscally conservative and socially liberal and who in fact called weicker the best governor in his lifetime weicker came to lamont's inauguration he advised them and he made it very clear that he feels he's following in those footsteps lowell weicker he fought the fight he was in the mix. He made a difference. And we salute you. A life well lived, whether or not you always agreed with him. Well, moving ahead to some of the baselines today, we're going to hear from, there was an album put out called The Promised Land in the early 90s. It was the soundtrack to a Nicholas, a book about, a, a movie by Nicholas Lehman's book, The Promised Land, The Black Migration of Chicago from the South. It had a great musical soundtrack. And one of my favorite songs on that track is Asante's version of Curtis Mayfield's People Get Ready. So get ready here on WNHH-FM. 
Are You Ready? That's Monkey Time. I gave you the wrong Are You Ready song there from the Promised Land from Major Lance. And now we're going to get to Ashante doing People Get Ready as Promised on Dateline New Haven at WNHH. New Haven's home for community radio. People Get Ready. Faith is the key. Open the doors. 
Mayfield Classic, redone by Ashante for the 1995 collection Promised Land here on WNHH's Dateline. New Haven. This is uh, Paul Bass. We're doing headlines and bass lines today. We're talking about some music to lift you with another plane and then back here on Earth, some of the headlines in New Haven and Connecticut that are telling us about what's happening here on Earth. In the background, we got uh, Gritz King. He's a New Haven smooth jazz artist. This is from his song, Saving Time, from his latest album. One of the other headlines of the New Haven Independent today is as follows. Arrests don't stop. Whaley smash and grabs. What that means is that since February, there have been at least 18 incidents of someone breaking windows of stores, most of them not all along Whaley Avenue, and stealing stuff. It's kind of a bummer if you own a business, right? So, from the middle of the night. What's strange about these cases is that the person didn't really do a lot to cover his tracks. The police believe the same guy did most of them. He shows up on these surveillance videos. He's wearing the same clothes, same sneakers, same backpack. He's using the same method. You see his face. They now have his face on a Slack channel, the police. So, when they're in a couple of these instances, as soon as something happens and someone sees somebody and they see the surveillance video, they have the old video from a previous one at this New Haven cat place that he did late in loaf. He did um, the place to be, Papa John's. And they keep arresting him. And he got out a bunch of times because his bond got lowered. So he came back out and right away started smashing grab again. He told the police, according to one arrest warrant affidavit, that he was suicidal. Guy was having a tough life. And so on one level, the way that the arrests did not stop the smashing grabs in the headline is that he kept getting out. And police are often saying, we're lowering bonds too much, we're not keeping dangerous people in. Though the story's more complicated than that, because often people do come out, and if someone's not hitting people, shooting people, we don't have enough prison space to keep everyone locked up forever, that's not the society we want. And so even if his bond was higher, which it is now, he is behind bars. The question it's dealt with in the article is whether that's how we're solving our problems. If someone's suicidal, someone has mental health problem, drug addiction, 
in prison, it gets worse in Connecticut. They don't get the help they need. They get sicker. None of us wants to be in prison. People I know, they don't, they don't feel that's the place where you wrestle with your mental health challenges, get support. But on the other hand, people have businesses who want to do business without getting broken into. So everyone's in a tough position. The people who feel desperate to take those acts, the people who want to run a business, the public, and the police who work really hard to investigate people. The same officer arrested this guy three times in the course of a couple of months. So I was in court the other day. They still got him locked up. But windows kept getting smashed. So that's another way arrests don't stop smashing grabs. The other day, there's a guy named Eddie Eckhouse. He's opening a falafel joint on Wheelie Avenue. He's been in the neighborhood 35 years. He was 10 years, six, six, uh, seven years. He was 10 years old. His family came here from Israel. And he likes the neighborhood. He said someone broke his window. He saw in the video, it's a different guy. He was also desperate. He collects cans. In fact, Eddie had given this guy money in cans. And that shows that arrests don't always end a problem because underlying problems in society lead to other people stepping up and continue to commit crimes. So the argument is if you don't deal with the underlying issues, you're still going to have crime. But then again, it's not always easy in the meantime because people still want to live their lives and not be victimized by crime. So no easy answers. It's complicated. Life doesn't always fit into a neat box ideologically or otherwise. But it does have lots of opportunities for joy, transcendence, and liftoff. Like in this classic from some of our childhoods, the Jackson 5, Stop the Love You Save May Be Your WNHHFM. We had a few technical difficulties with the CD not playing, but that song is perfect. Stop the Love You Save from the Jackson 5 back in the innocent days around 1970s, when early 70s when they were hitting. And those songs are really perfect. Those Motown's heyday where every bass line counted. See how the bass line propelled that thing? Every lyric kind of sang and told the story in itself with the run on Christopher Columbus and all the inventors and the schoolyard and the harmonies. Boy, was that a, that was a golden era. 
But anyway, you listen to Baseline's house. Sorry about that technical difficulty, folks. I guess we got that CD is not in good shape or else the machine, but Harry Joe's our station manager, will be all on top of it. And uh, you're listening to Headlines and Baselines. In the background, we got another Grits King Matrimony playing. He's a local smooth jazz artist. One of the headlines this week in New Haven Independent was as follows. Tenants union formed. Landlord back in court. Well, as you know, one of the big issues in New Haven, amid the broader question of how do we have enough affordable housing and decent housing, has been the gobbling up of rent-subsidized poverty housing by a small group of slumlords. And they have lots of names and limited liability corporations when they buy each property on behalf of a different vendor, different investor, but it's all the same group. And they try to have a business model where they just own thousands of units, more than the housing authority, suction up those Section 8 federal rent subsidies, but don't put much back in and have what they call economies of scale, which really means don't have enough people to keep the places in good shape and just patch holes. New Haven's tried a lot of ways to try to keep after them to make better housing. One of the ways is uh, finding them. The same landlord has been brought into court on criminal charges, and a judge uh, that's you know the same week that these headlines were happening, there's a separate headline about ocean management, which is the landlord in question here, has six new charges in court, including a criminal card. We also have a fair rent commission, which this past week decided they lowered someone's rent to $1 a month. $1. Saying, you've had all this time to fix violations. It's unsafe for people to live there. Unsanitary. You won't fix it. Until you fix it, you're getting only a dollar a month. Another way that's important is forming tenant unions. An old idea coming back in vogue in New Haven. We have a new law that gives them standing to bring cases before the Fair Rent Commission. This week they formed another tenant union at another location owned by Ocean Management. Keep it up, folks. It's a good fight. The next song uh, is going to be from Michelle Shocked. Remember her? From her 1988 album, Short, Sharp, Shocked. And uh, this song was the first one I think she was known for in a wider way called Anchorage. I took time out to ride to my old friend I walked across that burning bridge Mailed my letter off to Dallas But her reply came from Anchorage, Alaska She said Hey girl, it's about time you wrote It's been over two years, you know My old friend Take me back to the days of the foreign telegrams And the all-night rock and rolling Hey Shell, we were wild then Hey Shell, you know it's kind of funny Texas always seems so big But you know you're in the largest state in the Union When you're anchored down in Anchorage Was on me and Leroy's wedding day What was the name of that love song you played? I forgot how it goes I don't recall how it goes 
Leroy got a better job, so he moved. Kevin lost a tooth, now he started school. I got a brand new eight-month-old baby girl. I sound like a housewife. Hey, sir, I think I'm a housewife. Hey, girl, what's it like to be in New York? New York City, imagine that. Tell me, what's it like to be a skateboard punk rocker? Leroy says, send a picture. Leroy says, hello. Leroy says, I'll keep on rocking, girl. Yeah, keep on rocking. Hey, Shell, you know it's kind of funny. Texas always seems so big. But you know you're in the largest state in the union when you're anchored down in Anchorage. Oh, Anchorage. Anchored down in Anchorage. Michelle Shock, 1988's Anchorage, put her on the map as a f- kind of singer-songwriter folk artist. You know, in the form of a letter to a friend who had left their home in Texas, kind of felt isolated in Anchorage. And how, uh, what her friend's like, really done well. The whole, uh, you know, the GE minor CD chord pattern on songs. It's an old pattern, but it could always kind of feel fresh in a new way. I think back in those days, she was bringing something fresh to the table. Michelle Shock, you're listening to baselines, headlines and baselines at WNHHFM Stateline, New Haven. That's Grits King still in the back here on WNHHFM. One of the other headlines we had this week, Arts and Ideas keeps reflecting New Haven. We just had our annual Arts and Ideas Festival blow out for a couple of weeks. Events all over town, on the green, in different theaters. It's been going around since the uh, early 90s. Some of us remember when it started. And Eleanor Pollock, who's a wonderful arts writer in the Independent, wrote a piece at the end since she was really psyched how it came out this year. Festivals need reinvention to get fresh. Arts and Ideas has had its ups and downs over the times. It was usually fashioned on an Edinburgh festival, fringe festival. Sometimes it's more fringe than other times. That's kind of the point. In the recent years, it's gotten more diverse. It gets public money, so they made more of a point of tapping in and connecting with neighborhood and local organizations. And, you know, Eleanor's point was that she felt us new energy, kind of excitement, diversity. It really worked. She's a young person in her 20s. She had worked at Arts and Ideas, saw it really come alive after the pandemic with new energy, new people. I, uh, some people, they had a comment section, really good debate. Some people don't like the changes. Some of us who are older remember when the stuff that was free that everyone went to weren't the big concerts that a lot of fun are really valuable like this year with artists people know and get together but the kind of challenge experimental stuff i remember one of the first years they had a kind of puppet actor group that did political plays that based on interviews they did in new haven about urban renewal on the green and now the experimental edgy stuff is expensive so for instance they had a all puppet macbeth with no words sounded really interesting. In fact, Eleanor wrote a great piece on it. You know, most of us couldn't go to that. It was 
two dollars text six to fifty if you go with a spouse or a partner it's 125 dollars that's not the same kind of festival that's a festival where the mass stuff that you can get in any other city that they're bringing here is nice and everyone comes together and that's free get the public money and then the experimental stuff is for wealthy elites but i don't want to be too negative because it's wonderful we have this festival first of all not everybody agrees with that perspective Everybody else, a lot of people feel like it's great the Caribbean Festival moves from a smaller park to the green on a big stage in the center of town. It's great to have international recording artists on the green, not just in other cities, but New Haven too, and have 10,000 people or more there. So I salute the Arts and Ideas Festival continue to experiment, to reinvent itself, and to involve so many people. Keep it going, and you know, if you want to listen to some of the people who don't agree with it, that's okay too. Here's the one that's a little out of the box. Suzanne Vega is another one of those out of the late 80s, early 90s singer-songwriters who was very experimental, a lot of directions, original. And one of her songs I want to play now is very different from her other music in that in form it's a straight-ahead blues called Tombstone. And yet it's got that Suzanne Vega twist. Suzanne Vega Tombstone from her album in 1996 called Nine Objects of Desire.
Suzanne Vega on WNHHFM, Dateline, New Haven, headlines and baselines for 1996 Tombstone in, in great uh, Suzanne Vega fashion. She took something basic, a, a, a rock blues, 12 bar, then added all those great Suzanne Vega touches where, where she went with the instrumentation and the, the um, jamming at the end, which was definitely not conventional blues or more of that industrial New York sound she liked so much. We're doing headlines and baselines at WNHF FM. And um, I'm Paul Bass, your host, keeping the tunes going and the headlines. Another headline this week was Displaced Family Sifts Through Fires Ashes. I happened to, uh, at the suggestion of my editor, Tom Breen, on Sunday, he asked me to check out a house in Sherman Avenue that had burned down, burned pretty badly. When I looked at it, I thought the thing was going to collapse, to tell you the truth. But it was still standing, but nobody could live there. Three families had been displaced, three households. And when I got there, it just so happened that two other families were coming up as well. And they had been, um, I mean, two, uh, three other people were coming up as well who lived on the third floor. They came in to break into the boarded up house, move, pull out the plywood, there were still embers. A day, day later, there was still a little smoke. There was still water falling from all over the place. Everything was stressed. But they went up to see what, good, what they could salvage from it. So we walked upstairs, and um, everything was burned in the, in the front half of the apartment. And uh, they lived there. It was a, a, a woman in her 20s, her brother, her, no, her cousin, adult cousin, and their mother in her 40s. And it was the cousin and the daughter who were there. And they were on the phone with their mother about what she wanted to salvage. So all the furniture was trashed. Most of the belongings were trashed, closed. But they were able to get inside a drawer where they got her title to a car. They found her keys. And they found a box with some of the remains they had kept from this young woman's brother who had died at three months old. They said, that's the stuff we really cared about. And what struck me is they were sifting through the ashes, but they didn't seem that upset. I'm sure they were upset that night. The young woman said she had been coming home from work. I mean, she was at work at CNA, certified nurse assistant at Yale New Haven. When she got the call, she ran home. This young man said he was just coming home when the fire started. He ran up, was able to save his aunt, who was asleep on the third floor. It was 11.30 at night. Got everybody else out of the house. He said he'd heard that some, someone had a drug problem on the front, first floor and their friend threw a Molotov cocktail on a bed, something crazy like that. That's made the house go up. But what really struck me was how their priorities were right. Like, they, they didn't seem upset. Like, of course, they weren't happy they were living at a cousin's house. But they didn't. They really had a sense, like this woman Shania, she had a sense of what mattered in life. They were glad they were getting things that were important to them and their family, but they, they were safe. She said, you know, we've had tough times over the last 10 years, some good things. This was a sign, she said. This is what life threw her way. It wasn't her fault. She didn't do anything wrong. Something came their way that said, you got to try something else now. You can pivot in life. Boy, what a helpful way that is to look at life sometimes you can't control sometimes if disasters happen sometimes you could prevent them sometimes you could be ready for them better than at other times but they they were ready to roll and i think so often in life i was inspired by their priorities but also by the way to roll and also sometimes you can rock and roll nobody does that better than the neville brothers and one example is their song, Hey, Pocky Way.
Big Pocky Way, the Neville Brothers. That was taken from a history of the Neville Brothers, disc two from 1988 Rhino Records. They're still doing it, Aaron Neville. What a great song that is, huh? It's headlines and bass lines on WNHH's Dateline, New Haven, 103.5 FM. And uh, we're doing, one of the headlines today, it just came over, is that uh, affirmative action's pretty much dead. We haven't looked at the fine print yet. But it was as expected, the Supreme Court ruled that they do not want racial preferences being taken into account by Harvard or universities in general in hiring and admitting people to their schools. And that, that's a big deal. That's going to change the way things have done in this country ever since affirmative action came under attack in the Backey case in the late 70s and then uh, was upheld by the Supreme Court but said that we want there to be a time limit on it. Sandra Day O'Connor said that. The world changes, the fight for justice continues, and we think about how best to get there. In the meantime, let's uh, go a little bit wide here. Once it gets red with the uh, Dixie Chicks playing wide open space. She said it didn't seem like I that long ago 
Spaces, the Dixie Chicks. Remember that one? That was their first big hit. And boy, was it a revelation. I mean, they had the chops. They really knew how to play their instruments. They came out that little feet, acoustic country pop tradition, but they were crossover. And it was an earthquake on country radio. The kind of crossover with the pop, but also kind of roots inflected country music. And then, of course, everything's a culture war in America. They started getting banned by country stations, not because of their music, because their speaker, Natalie Maines, was a liberal. Didn't like George Bush, George W. Bush. So they uh, they kicked her off of country radio, of course, made them much bigger hits, and they, they sold some of the largest, some of their hits got sold some of the most uh, copies in history up to that point. But that's how it goes in America, and that was all a generation before Little Nas uh, X brought country music to a completely new place. Well, speaking about going to a new place, the Midnight Strangers are a teenage band in... Westville in New Haven. They've been up here in the studio. They have a new album out. This is the album before that. The Midnight Strangers with Like Magic. I look into my shrouded past. I see it, but I know it last. It goes until I break the spell.
Midnight Strangers, Westville's own teen phenom rock band with uh with uh an album they're pre- the album before the last one they're still putting out albums in their teens while they're finishing high school probably applying to college by now we'll check in with them soon this is headlines and baselines on WNHHFM Stateline New Haven I'm Paul Bass looking at the headlines and going to some other planetary destinations with the music one of the headlines these days is who gets to go to East Rock Summit well everyone but when during the pandemic, we closed off the road to cars in East Rock and people who bike and walk found and jog found that that made it much easier to ascend, ascend to the summit of our wonderful East Rock Park. Some drivers didn't like it. They said, uh, we like to go up there too. And then a couple of years after the pandemic started, they started opening up on Sundays. You could drive there on Sundays. And you know, anytime we write about this in The Independent, we get dozens and dozens of comments. People feel very strongly on both sides of this thing. And uh, now they're trying to say, should it be more days? There are people who say, look, I'm in a wheelchair. Or it's kind of too hard for me to climb up there. I can't get up there unless I drive. And that's our East Rock too. And other people say cars kind of push other people out of the way. I think it's a great debate. I'm sorry I'm not going to weigh in on it. Instead, I'm going to talk about how we continue to rethink things, you know, including music. It's uh, reinterpreted from time to time. There was an album called Bleecker Street Reinventing. Reinterpreting the 60s Greenwich Village sound by a new generation of folkies and singer-songwriters. Jonathan Brooks did a really interesting kind of moody take on the originally upbeat Bleecker Street by Simon and Garfunkel. So here's Jonathan Brooke giving her take on that rolling in of the East River Bank Like a shroud It covers Bleecker Street Fills the alleys where men sleep Hides the shepherd From the sheep Voices leaking from a sad cafe Smiling faces Try to understand I saw a shadow touch a shadow's hand On Baker Street
church bell softly chime in a Jonathan Brooke with her take a generation and a half later, the original Simon and Garfunkel Bleecker Street, back at pre-gentrification. Greenwich Village. I remember that time. It was quite a place. Places don't stay the same, and that's okay. And the music doesn't stay the same. She interpreted it at a different age, a little more wistful, a little electronic, a little more echo. It's all good. Thanks for uh, joining us today on... Dateline, New Haven's headlines and baselines. What a pleasure it is to visit and go to other planets with the music and come back to Earth with the headlines where we look in the gray in between the black and white of the headlines to see, try to make sense of our world. Thanks to Harry Drost, the number one station manager in the business. No one else comes close. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day and all night long. WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. (laughs) 